the Naked Vibe Show. Are you ready to get naked? Welcome to the Naked Vibe Show. I'm Kimberly Kane, and I am so thrilled today to have Trip Lanier here with me. I'll introduce you to him in just a minute, but before that, I want to share this with you. I really feel a calling to do whatever I can to help you rise, to help you find your center, to help you know how loved you are, how much you matter, and how much all of us, this world, needs you to stand in your power and bring your gifts to the table, bring your talents, bring your skills. Just simply bring yourself, your authentic self to the table. Get in the game. Play. Your family needs you. Your friends need you. Your company needs you. The world needs you. But guess what? You need yourself. You need yourself. And there are so many men who've lost themselves. And on this podcast, I want to do everything I can to help you find what it is that you feel like you're missing. The interesting thing is you may not be missing as much as you think. I'm going to tell you that you're not missing it. It's just buried. So even if you're super successful by whatever measurement you use for success, If you feel like there's something missing, then keep listening and stay tuned in so that I can help you and my guests can help you get to that place where you rediscover yourself and realize that you are amazing. I also want to ask you to help other guys in their journey. Nobody can do this alone. What will help so much, I'm going to ask you to go over to Apple Podcasts and do a review of the show, or at the very least, give it a rating. It will tell Apple, hey, you need to show this to more guys. Believe me, it makes a difference. Go to nakedvibes.com. In the show notes, I've got the link for you right there. Also, you'll find all the links to subscribe to whatever streaming platform you like to get your podcasts on. And the reason for that is that I've got a lot more goodness coming your way, and I don't want you to miss a single episode. So let's get to it. Let me introduce you to my guest today. Naked Vibes. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Trip. Let him talk to you a little bit about what he does. He is a coach. I've been listening to his podcast, The New Man, for a while. Love it. And that's why I wanted to have him on. Also, just picked up his book. This book will make you dangerous. And I want to talk about that a little bit. And he's a musician. So we're going to play some music too. So without further ado, hello, Trip. How are you? I'm well. Thanks, Kim. Nice to talk to you. Good. Nice to have you here today. So Tripp and I don't know each other until right now. I've been kind of following him. And like I said, I love what he does and his way of bringing information to you. And so I just wanted to bring that to my audience. Why don't we tell people a little bit about what the New Man podcast is all about? Let's start with that. Yeah, well, the new man's been around. I think we started it in 2006 or 2007. So it's been around for a bit. We were one of the first podcasts, period. But then we were definitely up there in the running for the first podcast that was geared towards men. And the idea was that 
you know, there was, there's plenty of personal growth and plenty of uh, spiritual development, all of that kind of stuff aimed towards women, but good luck finding anything that's really aimed towards men. And so at the time our mission was, Hey, you know, let's make something that's accessible. That's fun. That's practical and definitely aimed towards guys. That said, like yourself, there's so many women that listen to the show because anything that we talk about is really just for human beings. Yeah. But uh, we tend to we tend to um, gear it more towards men in that regard. And over the years, it's mutated and shifted gears. And I'd say more recently, I've been having fun. I still uh, interview guests and experts and book authors and all of that kind of stuff. But I've been having more fun just recording coaching conversations with folks and releasing that. So. Um, you know, that we can talk about a subject or on, or we can actually listen in as I work with somebody as they work through a subject or a challenge. Yeah. I've listened to some of those and they've been really, really good. I think those are really effective because to your first point, whatever we talk about, it's for humans when we're talking about spiritual and personal development, but gearing it towards men simply because there's not as much out there. I think not as many men take advantage of it, but part of that could also be because there hasn't been as much of it. So maybe they're not looking for it as much. And maybe there has to be this shift that takes place where men start recognizing, hey, there's more and more from me out there. So that's why I started gearing in this direction. And with the help of my dad, he was a lifelong mentor for for people, but just guided and led so many guys over the years, thousands of people. And before he passed a couple of years ago, he said, Kim, you have to keep helping men. Oh, wow. So with, with his encouragement and guidance, I was like, okay, let's go. And so I've been listening to, I try to tap into a lot of other things geared towards men that I think are really high quality because I can come from a woman's perspective, but I need to hear what you guys are talking about so that I know what is relevant and valid for you, um, you know, from your perspective. So tell us a little bit about this book will make you dangerous. I'm going to hold that up again um, because I'm only just now getting into that. But along with the podcast, I imagine that this may go a little deeper than what you can in an episode, obviously. Um, you, you've got it in one capsule there instead of having to listen to a ton of episodes. So what's different about the book or what do you want to highlight about that? Yeah. So what I've noticed after working with uh, I've been a professional coach now for going on, uh, well, I think 18 years and being in the trenches, working with people day after day, seeing what their challenges are, hearing the language they choose to describe their challenges, and then being there as we figure out what really works for them. I wanted to write a book that wasn't so heady and wasn't so theoretical that it was something that could live on a guy's nightstand or the back of the toilet and he could read every day and get some really valuable information, but it also had a lot of depth to it. And so um, that was the aim. And I think we've been succeeding. I mean, the book is selling more and more copies every month and it's been out for three years now. Oh, that's great. So, so it's, it's been really exciting to see that development. But the idea that what I kept seeing over and over again in my work was that and I'm, I'm raising my hand here because this book is just as much for me as it is for anybody else, but we come to define, redefine what, what dangerous is in our life these days. So we're no longer running away from things that are trying to eat us. 
but we are running away from things that make us feel uncomfortable. We're running away from things that bring up uncertainty. And we're certainly running away from things that might make us look like a loser or look like a moron or look silly in, in the face of others. So I, I broke that stuff down to help us understand what's really getting in the way of us having the lives, the relationships, the careers, the, um, you know, the interactions we want to have on a deep, deep level in our lifetime. And it's really coming down to this fear of discomfort, uncertainty, and looking like a moron. And then you know, throwing a, a lot of fun stories and really practical, uh, the practices that I prescribe and, and work through with the, with the people that I coach, uh, it's all sprinkled in there. And, and you, you have the recipe for somebody to, to do a little bit more work on their own. Mm-hmm, sure. Well, I think you're right about things being so heady. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons that a lot of men avoid going into personal development or therapy or whatever it is. It's just, sometimes it's just too much, like dredging up all the, it's like, are we going to go in and dredge up all the stuff of my life? It was already painful or uncomfortable. Why would I want to go in and relive that? And I think if we can bring some lightness and some fun and, I know for me, you know, my version of dangerous, which doesn't feel dangerous for me, but for a lot of people it would. I know that you, uh, at least I, I believe I've seen that you're a surfer. Is that right? Yes. So for a lot of people, that would be a dangerous activity. I am, uh, I'm a slalom course water skier. And so, you know, for a lot of people, there's a lot of speed involved in that. That's a dangerous activity. But for me, it's a necessary we go out there and it's a sport that although there are some great women, I've been doing it my whole life and there's mostly men, you know, and so just being there on the dock and engaging in a fun sport, you can touch into things that people are dealing with without having to go, okay, now we're going to talk about an issue. It's sort of like you're having fun. You're doing something, you know, that's on the dangerous side and it it allows, I think, these openings and these spaces for people to say, hey, here's what's going on with me. Oh, okay, your turn to ski. You know, so it it creates, a, for me, a space and a safety. So that's kind of how I look at dangerous sometimes is being able to be out there in the world, continuing to open up your life and really engage with life. And seeing how that flows, seeing what happens. What's been your experience with, I guess, being out there and playing and having fun and seeing how that opens you up and how it opens others up as opposed to just entering into a conversation that is specifically for coaching? Does that make sense? Um, the question is how does integrating play into what we do help lighten things up or, or create more opening? Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're describing is a, a lot of us are waiting to get off the couch or waiting to move on an opportunity when we know that we have something that's quote worth it. That's worth the risk or worth going through the, the trouble or whatever. And so a lot of us are just sitting back playing it safe because we don't like going into uncertainty or we don't like uh, the, making an effort or those types of things. And I like that you brought play into this because play is one of the the antidotes to, you know, facing danger, which is, you know, this is where we find our aliveness. This is where we find an opening, as you say, in, in, our, in having a, a more expansive life. So if my life is feeling rather stuck and it's feeling rather narrow, 
um, being playful opens up opportunities. Say, well, what if? what if? What if it's no big deal if I go do an XYZ? What if it's no big deal? Uh, what would make XYZ fun instead of believing it's got to be a drag or a drain or anything like that? How could I make this more fun? Who could I invite with me? Those types of things. So I think you know a lot of us are getting more and more isolated. Mm. A lot of us are getting more and more uh, kind of uh, transactional in relationships. We don't just hang out anymore. We're hang out to get something from others. And um, the rest, the, the result of that is that we feel more isolated. We feel more stuck. We feel more drained and life just doesn't have the, the juice anymore. But if we're willing to be, to be playful, then a lot more uh, opens up. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm planning right now uh, a drumming event, a group drumming event for men in my community. I'm in Dallas and um, I'm very near where one of the latest mass shootings happened out in Allen at the Allen Mall. And so I'm going to do something near there and hope to draw men to just come and play. I'm a trained facilitator with Remo Drums, and there's just a lot of science behind a particular drumming protocol and how it releases cancer-fighting killer cells into the bloodstream. It releases brain chemistry that elevates mood, and they're able to measure this in the bloodstream during this particular drumming protocol. So I I kind of have the feeling, to your point, about hanging out for a specific purpose instead of just hanging out. I need that. I need those hangouts. And we'll talk about music here in a bit, but we're both musicians. And so we understand that, oh gosh, just everything that comes along with being with your people in your band and just making music and releasing and just being together on this whole other plane. So I'm hoping to bring an event that will allow guys to come together and go through this drumming protocol, just like in a real tribal way and just sort of be there as a facilitator. Because I feel like with the rise in violence, the conversations that I hear are centered around gun control and things like that. Those conversations need to be had. I'm not that person. I don't know enough about guns and who needs what for what. Okay. My family, I've hunters in the family, but you know, that's not my wheelhouse. But what is my wheelhouse is going deeper and saying, what is the, and this is one of the things that I notice with your coaching calls. People come to the table. It's like, let's discuss this. Deeper than that is the real issue. What is going on in the human spirit? What is going on in men's spirits that is not being addressed, that is driving them further and further into violence that's showing up more and more in our in our culture? Can you speak to that a little bit? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I know that was a, like a big mouthful. Hi, here. There. <laughs> yeah, another another softball. Yeah. Um, I, knew, I told you. I, you know, the thing that I see, and I, and I actually ex- can experience this in my life, which is I'm older now, I'm 50, have a wife, have a daughter. It's so easy to get isolated, and it's so easy for life to become simply about work and simply about family. When in, in actuality, we there is a nutrient, a vital, vital nutrient that we can only get as men from other men, hanging out with other men. And if we don't get that nutrient, if we don't get that connection, 
um, then we we seek it in other ways. We'll seek it in more work. We'll uh, find it in porn. We'll find it. We're, we we go looking in other things, and we, it's a, usually a telltale sign when when life feels empty that we're all we're. I can usually say, yeah, you're probably missing vital. Uh, real and um, genuine connections with other men. Now, it doesn't mean you got to be crying all the time or anything like that, but it, it is a sense that you can talk to to other men and just have genuine interactions and not get stuck in shallow stuff or politics or whatever is at the surface. When we know that we can lean on other guys and that we are important to them, meaning they can lean on us, something relaxes and it takes the pressure off of work it takes the pressure off of our wives or our partners. It takes the pressure off of our kids to do a job that's not theirs to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so what it does is it allows us to enjoy those avenues much more, relax the need for them to be different, which makes us less irritable, makes us less of a pain in the ass. And um, yeah, all across the board, that nutrient that we get from being with other men in a genuine way just can't be, we, we can't receive that in, in any other area. Yeah, I like that. I love the idea of this being a nutrient. That means it's it's vital. It is essential for life. And you know, I don't know that we can or that anybody can pinpoint why some of those nutrients obviously the pandemic is a big thing we can point to, right? That just like happened and changed everything in our culture, but I don't think that that is the only reason. I don't know what all the reasons are. Um, Technology, I know, has a lot to do with it, but that slipping away of being able to reach out and get those nutrients, and maybe before it was just happening more naturally with less technology, you come together because you kind of have to. There's schools and PTAs and churches and community organizations and That's how people have to gather and come together. And once technology entered that picture, I guess over time, there's an erosion of those things. And like you said, we come together and hang out for more of a specific purpose other than just being together. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what music does. I Because I have a lot of musicians who listen to this podcast, a lot of musician friends, and there's something that we know innately. There's a communication that happens on a whole different level. And I imagine just from listening to you that you've tapped into some, maybe not this person, but work like this. I know Stephen Kotler has been doing work for a long time on flow. And we as musicians tap into what I refer to as the zone and I know you do in surfing as well, places where you go that naturally elevate you into a different frequency, if you will, and a new kind of communication happens there. So musically, describe a little bit from your perspective, being in bands, how that flow and that interaction connects you to other guys and allows some of those nutrients to, to flow in. Yeah, it's. I mean, if I look back on my life, I think some of the most rewarding moments outside of being a dad and a and a husband were on stage, yeah, or even in rehearsal rooms. Yep, you know, there were just really beautiful, cool things that happen, and you're just having such a blast, and no one's is saying a thing verbally. It's just 
somebody plays a thing and another person responds and then you're into this other place and and then you know five minutes goes by and everybody's laughing because it was so <laughs> so much fun and and it was bigger than all of us you know something something showed up that was bigger than all of us and it's just such a blast yeah to have those experiences so and I feel sorry for people that never get to experience that you know for a lot of folks their lives are kind of like looking at Lego instructions. They really think it's this linear step-by-step process, do X, do Y, and then here's the result. And then they get really confused when the, you know things aren't that predictable or linear. But if you are a musician and you know, let's just say a songwriter, then you know like some days you get lucky and some days you, it's frustrating. And then some days when you're not thinking about it, that perfect line comes in that that was that was what was needed for the verse and and I pull on that as a as a coach knowing that there's you know yes you can do the lego thing you know steps 1 2 3 4 5 and then there's also tapping into that nonlinear creative process which is showing up but allowing this allowing space for cool things to arrive that maybe you weren't predicting yeah and um and I found that that's way more fun um, as a coach to, to not know what's going to happen in any given situation. And so when I working with somebody, I, whether they realize it or not, cause I work with a lot of high performer types and even athletes, former athletes, they're not musicians, they're not artists, but I think of it as, okay, we're going in the studio and we're going to throw some mics up and we'll get, we're going to see what happens today. Yeah. And, um, some days there's magic and other days like, all right, we'll just, we'll, we'll put that one in the folder and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great place to play one of your songs because I like to, you know, here on the podcast, anytime I can, I like to throw in a musical mix because it gives the brain a break, um, you know, from talking about various subjects and allows some of this to kind of scroll around. So thinking about one of your original songs, tell me a little bit, what would you like to play right here? Oh gosh. Uh, you know, I've been working, I've been getting back into recording lately. And so I've had some fun, um, creating some songs. Uh, you could play a song called throw myself to fire. It's on, uh, Spotify. Okay. That sounds good. Let's listen to throw myself to fire from trip Lanier and we'll be back in just a minute.
so good, so good. That was Throw Myself to Fire from Trip Lanier. I'll be back to talk with him about that song in just a minute. I want to tell you about Real Men Rock. With so many people craving for a deeper connection to others, to be able to share what's on their hearts and minds and to feel heard, I really believe that we all have to take responsibility for creating community. Our world has changed and we are looking for new ways and different ways to connect. So I'm creating an online group for men to be able to get some coaching around the things that you're struggling with, that you're challenged with, that you just want to share from your heart or be a listener to important conversations that enliven you and make you feel more connected to your soul. Tips and tools and conversations that will help you feel more satisfied in your work, connected in your intimate relationships, that will help you feel like a more connected, better lover, better father, better friend, and really overall more connected to your own self, to who you really are, as opposed to the expectations that are put on you by others and by society. You're more than that. And this is a space where you can explore and exercise and connect and have some fun and relax. It's called Real Men Rock. And right now you can be a founding member at a greatly reduced price. Go to the show notes on nakedvibes.com, sign up to become a founding member, and I'll send you some information about joining me in Real Men Rock because you do. All right, back with Trip Lanier. We just finished listening to one of his originals, Throw Myself to Fire. Really cool song. I really enjoyed hearing that. You want to talk about where that came from and what that song means to you? Oh. <laughs> if you can put words to it, sometimes we can't, right? Yeah, I'd written, I'd written a version of that song years ago when I was in a hard rock metal trio. And... Um, when I was getting kind of re, re refinding myself uh, in uh, with all this new technology and making music again at home, uh, I just I just pulled that tune up and I just completely redid it top to bottom. I put new lyrics in, but I needed something as a skeleton to just uh, to get me started. And it was I think it, I think it's a, exemplary of that process of just allowing like jumping into the unknown and just seeing what shows up. I didn't really have a sense of where it was going to go or where it needed to go. It just like, let's follow it. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's just the spice of life, isn't it? I mean, that's just what's so much fun. What do you think it is that, you know, fear obviously, but that prevents so many people from saying, let's just see what happens. This doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be right. It can be so messy. And then it could be a miracle, you know? What what stops so many people from just diving in and saying, let's do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you nailed it. I mean, it's fear, but I think it's more specifically, it's like the things that I was highlighting earlier, which is that fear of either effort, like it's going to, I'm going to work at this and it's not going to pay off or emotionally it might be uncomfortable. I might not want to hear myself suck. Mm. I don't want to hear <laughs> myself do something or it might be uncomfortable to do a thing and then you watch it. You're like, oh my God, really? I'm not very good. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, the uncertainty of what's going to happen, like, is this going to be worth it? I think a lot of us 
are playing it safe because we only want to go for the sure thing. And if we look in life, there are very few sure things. And usually they're not very satisfying anyway. I mean, your life ends up being every meal at Applebee's then. <laughs> and nothing against Applebee's, but it's just right. like, do you want that every every meal? Exactly. Yeah, that part of us, it's, uh, um, let's just stay in line. I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people that does X, Y, Z. You can hear it in people's language. Oh, I'm not a creative person, or I'm not an artist, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And and what that does is it lets us off the hook. It keeps us from having to, you know, from even giving ourselves permission to to try new things. So yeah, I don't know. But here's the deal: like, I don't have a problem if you don't want to do that stuff. But if you are feeling trapped, or drained, or isolated, or bored, or overwhelmed. That's an indication that there's an opportunity to to lean into wherever you might feel uncomfortable or uncertain or uh, afraid to look like a moron. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, are you how actively are you engaged with making music now? I mean, I know that when people are not in an active performing band, um, you know, it gets harder to to do that. What are you doing right now with being able to get with other people and make music and perform maybe? I I am sadly not connecting with people to make music. That music for me has you know for the last few years has largely been just me in a studio and me tinkering away, which is I don't I don't think of those two things as remotely in the same world. I mean, what happens with people in a room when they're moving real air and there's things happening, like you feel it in your whole body. That's so far removed from what happens when you know you're sitting in a in a, in a room and you're recording things and that kind of stuff. Like they're both amazing, and I love both of them, but they're vastly different. So yeah, I really miss yeah. the performance aspect for sure. Yeah, it's it's harder now for whatever reasons, but for me, it's just vital. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna. In any way, shape, or form, I'm going to make that happen. Fortunately, I have some really good performance outlets, but I want more of it. And it's harder to make that happen, I think, now. for you know, First of all, just a lot of my friends in the music industry, the music industry literally shut down, like <laughs> shut down. And so there's a lot of people, a lot of guys, especially who are in the production side of things that had to find new careers during the pandemic just to keep things going. So I think things are still a little wonky there, you know, coming back from something like that. But I do talk to a lot of guys who, to your point about, I'm not a creative person or I'm not this or that. I talked to a lot of guys who played music in their past. They were in bands, like in high school, college maybe, and then life happens and they stop doing that and they're experiencing some depression and maybe they still have a guitar or they still have a drum set or whatever it is, but they don't touch it. And I'm thinking, I really feel like that outlet, even if you're not doing anything like putting it out in the world... Don't you feel like, like you said, it's different, but isn't it just such an amazing creative outlet for you? Describe what that does mentally, physically, spiritually for you to go in and just record. Yeah, well, I, I think to come back to your point around those of us that have that have uh, left it and not gotten in touch with it, are, we're, we're we're keeping it at, at arm's distance. You know, for a lot of us, it's the the fear of sucking and. Um, we've removed ourselves from the process, like just enjoying the process of plunking around, 
just having just sitting on the couch and having a guitar in my hand is one of my favorite things just to kind of plunk around and then like ooh, what was that you know and i got to record it and then you know on my little phone and then i, I come up and create something with it in, in a week or two so just having that and exercising that part of the brain takes me away from my daily kind of bullshit and worries and taps me into something of i get it i get a taste of wonder i get a taste of awe and wow how rich is that in our day-to-day life where we don't have to find that on Instagram or something. And so I, I, if we remove ourselves from that and it becomes performative, oh, I'm not as good, or I need to be able to play fast, or I need to be able to whatever, we, we miss that opportunity to just enjoy plunking around just for the, the sake of plunking around and, and, and allowing that little flame to grow into something uh, much more. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you said that you work with a lot of high performing people, a lot of athletes. And for me, it it works the same way. Like my brain tends to see things in a rhythmic way, if you will. So in the same way that we have beats and music, we have these spaces and the spaces are the most important part. Otherwise there's no music. (laughs) In order to have beats, there have to be spaces in between. And there has to be movement and breath there so that you can pivot and say, from a musical perspective, you know, now we're in the verse, we're in the verse, but we're going to pivot and we're going into the chorus. Works the same way in sports or anything else. It's like we're doing this. It's like someone's passing. Now someone's receiving. So there is this constant exchange of energy. And I've watched in athletes a lot of times in that zone, and you can even see it on TV it's like I can see that guy is about to make a touchdown. I just saw it happen. I, I saw it register on his face. Something different happened. And this goes into that different frequency bandwidth, if you will, where something is happening on a level that is far beyond what we can do, what we can think out and go, now I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen in the linear fashion that you were talking about. It's like this guy. He showed up, he was prepared, but now something else took over and you can see it. And it's like, he is in the zone. This is happening. Can you speak a little bit to that flow, that energy flow, if you will, that is happening in a different place that surpasses our mental capacity or our ability to intellectualize it? Yeah, well, the, the first part is, like you said, that there is preparation. There is, um, you know, if I, I remember like when I was in a band or whatever, if we weren't well rehearsed, then being on stage was challenging. It was trying to just keep it in the, you know, in between the lines and not lose it. <laughs> but if we were rehearsed, then that was a place where something could relax a bit more. Play could come in, meaning playfulness in the sense of let me lean on this note a little bit more. Let me let's let's slow the riff down a little bit here and make it a little bit more greasy. Yeah, you know, whatever the things are, where it just um, you can go into the places that are unexpected and find that novelty in that in that place of wonder and like wow, we even surprised ourselves today. And so yes, especially when we do it uh, with others, I think it. Um, tends to be exponentially more powerful because uh, there's just a thing like, did you feel that? I did too. It it validates that experience. Yeah. Yes. The validation. It's like someone, there's a witness here. I didn't just imagine this. That actually happened. Mm -hmm. I know that 
you're on a short time frame here. So I would love to wind up there with you talked about your family, your wife and daughter. And I appreciate the work that you do so much in speaking to men and elevating them. What I want to say, being the daughter of a man, a masculine man with a heart that was so big, so big that there's no greater gift that you can give to your daughter than being that guy. Just being so, so, it's like you don't have to do everything right. (laughs) You don't have to get it all right. It's just when you love like that, you teach her how to come into her feminine self and feel empowered as a woman and to be able to feel safe in her femininity in the world. So I just want to give you huge props for that. And, (laughs) you know, talking about that witness in the marriage relationship, can you speak a little bit about that flow of having someone there to witness what I consider to be a spiritually elevated relationship, the marriage relationship, and just saying, hey, we're going through this, we're doing this together, and there's someone there to witness it. I don't have a specific question. I would just love for you to to speak to that a little bit if you can. Yeah. you know, I'm fortunate in the sense that um, I got to make a lot of mistakes in other relationships before I met my wife, Allison. And so I was clear well, first, I want to thank you for what you said about um, the the father daughter thing because as a father to a daughter, it's it's a new world for me. I mean, if she, you know, let's let's go, I happily go blow stuff up and make loud noises, and that's not really her world. So, I'm a lot of times I feel baffled, but you know, she and I have really been finding our groove. The more uh, the older she gets, and the more she's gravitating towards me. So, thank you very much because there's a lot of days where I'm like, man, am I screwing this up? So, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, but I was clear before going on into this relationship with Allison that I wanted to have a partner that wasn't there just to keep me from feeling alone. I wanted to have a partner that was in this lifetime to grow and experience new things and explore and wanted to support me in that as well. And that's quite different because I think a lot of us are just like, I just don't wanna be alone. Let me find somebody. Are you a murderer? No, great. Well, this will this will work, right? So we have a really low bar, and I was prepared to be alone because I wanted somebody unique and special and, and aligned with me in that way. And so, why does that matter? It matters because my wife and I still have day to day challenges. We call them the roommate troubles, the roommate <laughs> problems, like cleaning up and the you know you did this and you didn't do that and that. That happens, but we also have a much deeper foundation of why are we really connected? Why are we really here? How are we in service of one another? And being able to touch on that has this, it makes it so much easier to drop the little things, the little things that that rub us and create friction, because they do, but they don't, we don't allow that to eclipse us from what we're really here to do with one another, which means we clean up our messes emotionally very quickly. We don't want anything that's getting in the way of our ability to connect emotionally. And so very, very much like a musician would keep his gear or her gear in tip top shape would be rehearsed and ready to go so that the magic can happen, that the magic can show up. I think there's a, there's a parallel there with how my wife and I 
treat ourselves as individuals so that we can show up in relationship with each other. And that's the aim. Like it really is. It's like, how do we treat our bodies? How do we treat our emotional world? We both do our own emotional work. We both work with each other to work through challenges. So there's a, there's a lot there that goes into it, which I know is strange. It's not the norm in other relationships, but it very much is the norm in ours. You know what? That is such a beautiful place to close out this conversation. It's really moving to me because like I said, not just my mom, but my dad, but my mom too. I grew up in that kind of household and it's not the norm. And so for me, it's like, how do I take that, that magic, that miracle and share that with other people and go, this is possible. This is what's possible. What I can tell you is that what that microcosm of my parents did is it drew people to them like a magnet because that kind of love, it just draws people. It's such a light. So know that what you and your wife are doing, it goes beyond you. It's, it's an example. It's for me, it's a God thing. It's a light that draws people that goes, this is what union looks like. So it's just operating at a higher place than what do I want? What do you want? How can we get those needs met? We're taking it into a whole different place. So thank you so much for your time today and your openness and letting me just like <laughs> throw whatever comes up in my little brain here <laughs> your way and just going with it. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Thank you, Kimberly. It. I loved it. I love being able to, I don't get a chance to uh, talk about music and creativity and how it weaves into the work that I do. It tends to be very achiever and uh, almost athletic oriented, which is not really my thing. So I feel yeah. a, a bit more foreign in those conversations, but this is where I feel more at home. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, musicians, that's just kind of how we do. We feel comfortable in that world. So I love talking with you and you guys pick up this book pick up this book. This is good stuff. And listen to the New Man podcast and just tap into what Tripp is doing because he's got such great coaching. And even if you're not coaching with him or coaching with me, just listening, you'll be able to elevate where you are. And that's what I really want to see you do. So this is the Naked Vibe Show. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Tripp. Thank you. hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and hearing Tripp's music too. You can hear more from Tripp Lanier on the New Man podcast. I hope you'll tune into that because he has got a lot of great stuff and a lot of experience coaching people, but especially men. And pick up his book. This book will make you dangerous. It's really in line with a lot of the things that I talk with you about here on the Naked Vibe show, keeping the fun in your personal development, in your professional development, because life is short and we want to be alive while we're here, while we're in it. So I really appreciate the work Trip does, and I hope that you will follow him. I'll put some links in the show notes where you can find him. I want to continue helping you create those shifts in your life because often when we feel stuck or when we just want to make a transition and we're not really sure how to go about that, we often think we got to make a big move. What is amazing is how if you just shift the weight from the right foot to the left foot as a metaphor, that's enough to make a big 
change. I want you to think about that in terms of a rocket ship going to the moon. You know that the smallest change in trajectory will send that rocket flying past the moon, completely missing the target. Think about that and know that a great place to help you make shifts in your daily life, in your career, in your personal life, in your relationships is in Real Men Rock, the community group that I've created for men to be able to help you get some coaching in a group setting and in a safe space that's not on social media. Go to the link in the show notes on nakedvibes.com, click on that and read more about it. Right now, you can become a founding member for half the price. Don't miss out on joining this really powerful group. Recommend the podcast to others, send them the link, connect with me on Instagram on the DMs, subscribe to the podcast so that you do not miss an episode. Let's connect. You matter. Make it a great week. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you soon. You have the freedom to be naked and unashamed about who you truly are. Stand in the truth, love big, and you are aligned with the greatest power in the universe. I'm Kimberly Kane, and this is Naked Vibes. <music>